everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 337, Passion versus Paycheck. Recorded September 16th, 2018, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drive Time Radio for Geeks. I am your host, Mark, the white balance out of balance of the internet or something. Uh, <laughs> joining me, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson, and Miles, the Aussie Genere Wakeham. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Mark, and welcome, faithful Lopiites. What up, geeks? Seth has clearly been recently uh, thrown in prison by the orange shirt and the skin head. So, uh, how's that going for you? It's a reddish shirt, and I had to, (laughs) I'm like, I have to comb my hair now. It's time for a haircut. Ah, So I know that. My rule is, if you can tell I've had a nap, it's time for a haircut. Right. If at any point my hair shows the status of my having been laying in bed, it's time for a haircut. Amen, brother. Preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm all about low maintenance. Just lose your hair. That works every time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to be partially bald. I want to be either all bald or not bald. The problem is people don't go completely bald. Because then you end up having to shave or you've got the monk do going on. That's even more maintenance. You know, if I could like laser treat my hair so that it never came back and I never had to mess with it again, I'd probably be okay with that. <sighs> no. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mr. Clean for the win. I yeah. I I can't disagree. <laughs> but this is a complaint that only people with with hair have. People who don't have a great deal of hair wish they could complain about that. So, first world problems, first hair problems. Um, yeah. So just a quick announcement, announcements. Uh, we will not have a show next week. Uh, I have a, uh, church thing next Sunday night. I don't know what it is with these church people. They like to do things on Sunday, something about being God's day. I'm not really sure what that's all about. Uh, but, uh, so I won't be here next week, so we won't be doing a show. Um, I don't think most of you care, but I just feel that I should mention that. That's all I have to say about that. They really do care. (laughs) Jenda cares. Thank you, Jenda, for expressing that sad face emoji. Um, And in my continuing quest to go back and revisit items from my earlier days and see if they hold up, uh, Junior, starring Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, does not hold up. Just going to say that. I I Netflixed it this weekend. Um, It wasn't terrible, but that's the best I can say about it. It wasn't terrible. Uh, the jokes weren't funny. The uh, feminist agenda that I'd noticed the first time around was really blatant. Um, and there's just so many times you can see a big guy and a little guy doing physical comedy. Yeah, just didn't work. So anyway, in case you wondered, Junior, that masterpiece of a film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant and carries a baby full term. Spoiler alert. Um not a great piece of cinematic art. Now, if I remember, <clears throat> that movie followed the success of Terminator and a successful Danny DeVito movie that I cannot put my finger on. I, I think so it, was it was Throw Mama from the Train that yes. launched him into that career, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you he know, was still they, riding they high off the taxi. On, yeah. th- they're banking on celebrity names on the 
you know vhs cover i guess well they did uh, the twins also i'm not sure which came first so danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger were twins um uh, that will be i'll be revisiting that one in the near future as well oh okay i thought for when you said junior and the movie i was thinking of was twins okay so mental okay gotcha yeah i'm pretty sure they're basically the same movie with the same three jokes just built around a slightly different premise um that's what i'm going with and i didn't remember this but the uh the danny devito Vito love interest in junior was the arnold schwarzenegger love interest from kindergarten cop which i also recently watched uh it holds up better just say wait a minute love interest or the teacher well oh yeah the teacher not the love interest okay. right. the, yeah the one the the fellow cop who was supposed to be the teacher right yeah. okay yeah the redhead that redheaded uh, chick from the 80s i haven't seen the, the either of those movies in years and oh my gosh i'm a film all right so yeah agenda quick on the uh, wikipedia twins came out first 1988 junior came out in 1994 so uh, oh yeah. wow that far apart yeah schwarzenegger was already well in the middle age at that point he was like 46 47 years old then um it's not middle age yeah, <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> when did he become the governator um that was later agenda quick uh, um <laughs> probably early 90s mid 90s honestly don't remember no early aughts yeah anyway all right uh, i've spent way too much time on this completely frivolous and useless project uh so so let's talk about some more um frivolous and useless stuff equalizer 2 okay well you know Danzel in the okay you know I mean you could probably he could probably do a movie of watching paint dry or reading a phone book and it would be he would bring passion to that role so Equalizer was a great movie I really enjoyed the movie the first one e- or the yes the first one, one. Okay. this and the second one follows his story and it's not a bad movie but it's not as good as the first one so kudos on not remaking the same film although i mean you know it's doing a lot of the same stuff because it's kind of an action movie but they didn't try to just remake the first film they made so kudos for that but it wasn't as good but it wasn't bad so you know go to the matinee do the home video thing um but it was a, it was an okay movie All right yeah and and you you put in here uh, the honest trailer for predator which uh the the original predator is yeah the, yes. the handshake that makes you grow a mustache uh that's that's really uh go look that up right now pause the show and type in honest trailer predator we'll wait it, i think that is the best honest trailer i have ever there's been some good ones but to me that was the best one you know starry the future governor of California, the future governor of Minnesota, and you know, the gubernatorial like, <laughs> candidate for yeah, and half the movie, and you know, you don't realize that half the movie is staring quietly at trees. That's <laughs> true. Just, it's a great. It's a great, and you know, I mean, they could re-release that movie today, and I think it would probably, unless it was going up against a Marvel movie, it would probably win uh, its opening weekend because, uh, other than the crappy CGI spaceship that they should just do away with uh, at the beginning, it really holds up very well. I didn't remember that. That's where "Get to the Chopper" came from, but it did. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! I just, I've, I've got. 
I, I have to watch that honest trailer like every night now before I go to bed because <laughs> it is just so funny. And it's just it's so it is so great. The greatness of the I even watched the commentary of the honest trailer. <laughs> <laughs> which was and it, it wasn't something I normally do because honestly there's and they were saying, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. We were able to get it all in the movie or all in the honest trailer. So that is like like I say, that's one of the best honest trailers i've ever seen all right and then it's hot in the desert why are you surprised yeah. by that, miles mm-hmm. well <clears throat> soon it won't be and that's what's got us all jazzed here in phoenix i took a look at the you know it's stupid isn't it most people don't study weather like it's a thing like you know weather nerds but when you live out here in the desert and it's 120 degrees outside you become a weather nerd and so I've been studying, you know, the weather because at some point it's got to give, right? It's been over 100 degrees, over 105, 110 for three months. And thankfully, I got, I got out of Dodge in that time. But I got to look at the computer this week and lo and behold, yesterday was the hottest day for the rest of 2018 in Phoenix. From here on, we go plummeting down, bring on the Arctic. All right. Well, congratulations to you. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yeah, we've already started to see some color here in in uh in the uh Atlantic uh area and uh it's uh it's it's signs of winter abound. Uh, haven't seen any Ugg boots yet. No Ugg boot sightings in the wild. Uh however, there uh, there were at least 3 people drinking pumpkin spice coffee this morning at church. So, the signs are there. Uh. <laughs> you know, two nights this week, I went to sleep in my room without my air conditioner on. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I forgot to set any timers. So, we'll just see what happens. I think that was about a 17 minute, five minute warm up section. Uh, so, let's <laughs> 10 if you want to yeah. know. Let's go on with the topic of the show. And this was, this isn't really a topic, it's a discussion, it's an idea, it's a, uh, an opportunity to come commiserate with one another um and this is sort of a recurring theme that comes up uh, a lot of time on on the show and on other shows and and generally middle-aged white guys have this conversation on a regular basis and that's um there's a thing i want to do and there's the thing i get paid to do and someday i would like for the thing i want to do to be the thing i get paid to do but in the meantime i have to get paid to do the thing I want to do. And, you know, I, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with an example of this off, off the top of my head. Maybe maybe a guy who does some sort of internet media content on a regular basis. I I, I know this is a stretch. I can't, I'm, I'm not really sure it's a realistic idea, but maybe, I don't know, a weekly, what, what's the word for it? Podcast. Um, maybe there's a guy or, or, or maybe two or three guys that do some sort of weekly podcast. Uh, and, and the idea is that someday they would like to be paid to be internet personalities. But instead, in the meantime, they're using $30 webcams and Velcroed um, Fitbits because they have to get paid at their regular jobs and they can't afford to pay to do their passion. And what's the roadmap from paycheck to passion? That's the discussion for tonight. Having introed that, guys, go. Okay, well, I, I want to say because, I mean, you know, this could just be the Miles show because he's like, <laughs> he's living the dream. But 
I want to say that I think a lot of times we start off with too high of an expectation of, oh, I've got my first job, so now I can get the new smartphone, I can get the new laptop, the new computer, I can get Netflix, I can get Amazon, I can get Hulu, I can get Prime, I can get a ta- I can get a new car. And then so we get, we waste all of our money digging ourselves in a hole and then so we, we try to get out of it. Whereas if we were disciplined, if I had been disciplined to not do that and to live within my means and save and invest, and it, it I think it's a Dave Ramsey quote, but if not, it, it ought to be, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't work for your money, make your money work for you. So, you know, and you get some investments and again, you know, th- there's, there's smart investing, there's stupid investing, you know, invest in what you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, we're just three guys talking, consult a professional, blah, blah, blah. But if, if we did that, then a lot of times what it is for me is it's the fact that I have to go to work today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year because then I won't have enough money later. Whereas if I, it's not that my job is bad, but the fact that there's that fear of if I don't go to there, I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose my car, I'm going to lose whatever. And so if you put your money to work for you, then all of a sudden you don't have, I mean, you have to work uh, just small Christian slant. Um, the commandment to work in the Bible came before sin. So just, you know, get, get over that. But it's so, but work doesn't mean you have to slave at a job you hate. You know, there's volunteering to help people other than you, you know, you're trying to produce something that you think is a value. So there's work is a broad definition, broad term these days. You you're going to work, but the difference of, Hey, I want to try to do this and see what happens. And if it fails, it's okay because I've still got money coming in and I'm not going to go hungry or my family's not going to go hungry because I didn't, you know, I only made the equivalent of minimum wage this week. So I know that's part of it. That's not all of it. That's just, I wanted to have something to say in this conversation before Miles took it and ran with it. <laughs> is, that, is that a segue? Yeah. <laughs> all Trying. Right. Um, it's, um, there's a, an, an interesting, there's my story and there's what I see with everybody else. And I think the latter is probably more relevant. Um, it's a lot of it is just a misunderstanding or a uh, a misteaching, possibly, of how people are in their late teens, early twenties. Um, let me explain what I mean by that. I was raised a businessman, so I know about the basics of business. And so, what that typically means is that you, if you understand how to read a, for example, a balance sheet for a business. Um, you can use that as a kind of a, I guess, a methodology for life. And, and in a balance sheet, you have a thing called assets and you have a thing called liabilities. And then the difference is what we call well, net worth, in effect. And there's an addition that feeds into that net worth that, that adds to it, and it's called earnings. Earnings is what we do when we go to work, right? We get a paycheck work 40 hours or whatever, and you get a paycheck, that's earnings. That's like a business's profit and loss statement, if that makes any sense. Um, earnings, what contributes to your actual net worth is your earnings less your expenses. 
what it costs you to exist for that job. And what happens is when we leave high school or even during high school, we get taught that we should go and find a, a, a path for ourselves, what we want to be, a doctor, a lawyer, a computer programmer, an engineer, a, a metal worker, whatever it might be, a carpenter, whatever you might want to be, you, you can do that. But the, the pretense is that you start off living with maybe your parents or, you know, inexpensively, and then you go out to become a journeyman, to become an apprentice and then a journeyman and eventually, you know, a practitioner of your, of your craft. And the problem is that we've got this predefined 40-year get a retirement check and go off into the sunlight kind of attitude that doesn't work anymore. I mean, it just doesn't work at all. Um, my story is that I didn't start that. I started that journey knowing what I wanted to do at a very young age. I was very, very lucky. But the first thing I did was I bought assets. I didn't I, – I, I took the pure business model to heart and I said, well, if my expenses are really low because I'm living at home and I've got revenue because I, you know, I had some jobs in my early years where I needed to make money, if I make more money than my expenses, which is clearly easy to do when you're 20 years old, right, um, if you can increase your savings rate – to maybe 70% of your earnings, which for a kid living at home with their parents is doable. And you start socking that money away into interest-bearing investments, which is your balance sheet assets. What eventually happens is those assets on their own develop dividends. They develop interest. And that interest eventually, as you grow it, becomes enough to replace the need for you to go and get a job and generate revenue. And that was the path that I followed for the first maybe five years of my life. And then I got married. I had to get a house. I had to get a real job. I had to do all the things that, you know, I thought was social norms. And I kind of lost the plot, you know. And eventually – Things changed in my life and I went back onto that plot. And the one thing that did it for me that was very rapid was real estate. I bought a lot of real estate uh, many, many years ago. And today that real estate generates rent and I can live off the rent. Um, I also followed that same model by using data centers and hosting of servers as kind of digital real estate. I bought into that very early on and the revenue I generate from running those servers contributes to that as well. And eventually you get more revenue than you need to spend and then you put it back into assets and you can see how the self-sustaining prophecy continues. Well, that was my journey. But today, most millennials who are dealing with, you know, I don't want to go into the world with a big student debt and, you know, having more month and money and all those sorts of things. Um, what they're doing is they're following a path called FI, financial independence. And it's a very, very popular metaphor that they can follow. Um, there are podcasts about it. There are luminaries in that industry. I encourage anybody to Google the, the, the crap out of FI. I mean, find everything you can possibly find about this thing because there are people out there who in five years have made a million dollars and never have to work another day in their life and then are in a position where they can follow the passion over the the work. I don't. I don't think those people should be um, criticized for doing that sort of thing. They lived a uber frugal life. They still live at home. They share a place with five other people. They ride a bike. They don't have a car. They live these kind of hippie-esque alien lifestyles. 
but in some ways I think they should be celebrated because in a in a in a country of the United States where we unfortunately celebrate debt even though we don't want to the media celebrates it like you want to have the biggest McMansion and drive the biggest car and live like you know you, you can get a Learjet or something and it's not going to happen right but that that's promoted as goals these people are living a very obviously different lifestyle and they're banking it away. And what happens at the age of 30, they've got the rest of their life and never have to work another day in it. And then they can do what their passion dictates. So I think just you said a lot there, but one of the things I wanted to touch on is part of the problem is that we often uh, discover our financial needs before we discover our passion, right? So you, you get married. You, you have kids, you, you find this work-a-day life developing, and then you find the thing that you love to do. It would be nice if you, if you came out of middle school knowing what you wanted to be when you grow up, knowing what your passion would be, and then you could pursue that sort of thing singularity, singularly. Um, but Miles, you know, your method is, is great um, if you have the forethought and you have the planning and you can do that. But by the time you're 40 years old, that ship has sailed. There's just not enough time left or there's too many commitments left for most people. Or uh, maybe the better way to put that is we're not willing to make the sacrifices. So if I, I make significantly more money than I did when I was 20, um, what I also spend significantly more. If I, if I could go back and um, live on what I lived on when I was 20, uh, I, you know, I could be banking tons of money, do that for five to seven years. And then, yeah, I'm financially independent and I can do whatever I want. That's a pretty high cost to pay, um, and it's not just it's not just my cost. It's it's the cost that my wife has to pay. These little humans that I brought into the world have to pay the cost now, um, and so it's it is perceived, perhaps rightly, perhaps wrongly, as uh, selfish at that point because you are you are harming, if I want to use a, a loaded word, your family for the sake of your selfish passion. Well, if you can, yeah, I, you, look, I agree with you. When you're on your own, um, you have the power to do this sort of thing much easier than when you've got a family in tow. Um, I do know a lot of people who are, you know, followers of FI who are family uh, people, but it's typical that both the husband and the wife are following the same passion of financial independence together as a team. And... It's sometimes that's hard because, you know, if, and, and I've been in situations where I'm very lucky. My wife is very much on board with financial independence. She has been for a long time. She was really the one who pushed in, us into real estate and thank God she did. Um, but I think a lot of people don't have that. It's a, it's a very difficult situation. And in, and there's also the risk of the flip side of it. Like, you, you know, you don't, you go anti-fi. And one thing that is very interesting is that my daughter, who's in her last year of college right now, uh, myself and my daughter are going to be attending some uh, Dave Ramsey uh, Financial Peace University classes at the, at the church nearest her college. I'm going to drive down um, a couple of hours down to Tucson each week to, to work with her and attend that class. And my primary reason, I gave it to her as a gift for Christmas last year. Uh, my primary reason for doing that was that I wanted her to see what life can look like when you're 
you're carrying $100,000 of credit card debt and you lose your job and what families go through and the pain and suffering. Um, she's a very um, active Christian uh, in her local church. Um, she puts me to shame. But I think because a lot of these uh, classes are being held by her church uh, or the, you know within the church community, um, she's willing to listen to this. And I'm just hoping that at her age that she can see the mistakes that other people have potentially made and information is power, right? I mean, if you can just see it, maybe for, you've forewarned so you may not fall down that path. I don't know. Um, but that's a gift I can try and give her. Whether she wants to become fi-oriented is up to her, but at least don't fall down the trap of being anti-fi. Amen. Debt is yep. debt never wins. I mean, nobody borrows their way into into wealth. Um, I mean that that's a financial technique that is often talked about leveraged investments, which is trying to borrow your way into the wealth. It it fails far more often than it works. You know, uh, our current president has gone bankrupt what five times by ledger, leveraging his way into debt. He had a name and he had a reputation where people kept willing uh, people were willing to keep giving him money. And eventually, he, you know, he's back to being a billionaire uh, after having been broke several times. That's not a life. I mean, the billionaire part would be nice, but that kind of roller coaster is just not a life I want for my family. So, you know, I'm just looking for some sort of practical way. I mean, I, I naively used to think if you produce a quality product, people will pay you for it. I'm sad to say after 10 years of podcasting, I no longer believe that. Um, there, there's just more to it than that. So how do you get to that, that side thing to be your passion thing? And I don't, I don't know that there is a way, maybe there, maybe it's, it's, it's all about luck and that's, that's just all there is to it. No, I think it is commitment and, you know, fortune favors the bold. What outside people see as luck is the end result you know, we see the, hey, look, they broke through. We didn't see them slinging the sledgehammer for 10 years before they finally broke through. And, you know, I don't I, I don't want to do the tinfoil hat thing tonight, but I do want to point out that we are a media consuming culture um, and the media pushes a message that we must spend our resources to get stuff because you know um apple wants you to buy things they don't want you to save money they want you to spend it ford chevrolet they don't want you to save money they want you to spend it they want to get rich you know arnold doesn't want you to save money he wants you to go pay 15 dollars so you can see him say get to the top uh at a movie theater you know so there is this message hammered on us day in, day out. You know, oh, great, you have an ad blocker on your smart device. What about the product placement? What about the celebrities who are, you know, sporting the, you know, whatever, driving the Bentley and you want one too, so you buy a car you can't afford because you feel like you're more like them? Or, oh, look at the pretty young starlet who has their clothing line. They're almost a millionaire. Let's do a Kickstarter and I'm going to give them my money. And that, that message is 
pounded on us day in, day out. It's like this 500-pound gorilla that has us in a bear hug just beating us until we just say, take my wallet, take my future wallet, take my kid's wallet. And I'm not saying don't buy anything because then the economy grinds to a crashing halt and their unemployment shoots up. But just be aware of that message, that, that impulse to buy Granted, everybody has it, but it is being fanned into a flame by the constant advertisement that are just wiggling on us as we drive down the road or as we walk down the thing or stuff that comes up on this screen that I bring into the safety of my house, whatever. Don't forget that. Don't be so ignorant and choosing to be ignorant, not stupid, ignorant to think that, oh, I'll just never amount to anything. Oh, I have a spending problem. Great. What's the reason you have a spending problem? Let's cut off some of that stimulus. Realize you don't need, you know, a latte every day of the week and twice on Friday. You know, don't give them up cold turkey, but get one instead of six or seven a week and look at the money you would save. And then you would be in a position to where, hey, you know, I I don't have to try to work 80 hours a week. I can only I can get by with just 70 this week and spend some time with my family. So. So while I appreciate the value of a good rant, what does that have to do with the topic at hand? I mean, okay, don't be a consumer. Okay, but how does that get you to where you can can make a money off of doing the thing that you like to do? Because maybe we I can, are maybe so I can answer that. Or, first. Go ahead. Let me let me interject an answer and so tell me if I'm right or wrong with your thought. But this is how I interpret it. Um, simple. Don't sell your time out cheaper than your uh, consumption. In other words, don't don't go and spend money on that flat screen TV that you want because you know the ad told you to buy it. If it's going to mean that the say $1,000 that you spend on it is going to require you to work three or four extra days. Because if you had three or four extra days, you could devote it to your passion. And then you look back at the TV and go, that's ah, not worth it. I mean, that's part of it. But it's also, I am afraid that if I try my passion and don't succeed, I will be broke. Well, if you have a cushion to fall back on, you won't be broke. And if you waste your money on trinkets and times in the shiny bobble, then you'll always be too afraid to take that risk. That's part. I mean, this is the con- I mean, this show for me is a conversation that I've been having with three or four people for the last two days. It's like, you know, we just I I. I said goodbye to this person and I picked up the conversation with someone else. It's weird. (laughs) But, um, so anyway, that's, and like I say, I'm different than everybody else. So I get that none, nobody understands what I'm saying, but I think that if we had, if I knew that I could afford to, you know, try and fail, then I'm more apt to go than to think if I fail, I'll lose it all. You know, it's one thing to say, if I fail, I got to go back to the space one. It's another thing to say, if I fail, I'm 10 feet behind. So so let me see if I can make a little sense of of the, the mind of Seth. Um, it, it sounds to me like you have a couple of different threads going there. One is um, you have to invest in your the thing you want to do. And one way to invest in that is to not 
spend. And so basically you're saving for your passion. Uh, one of the reasons people have a hard time saving money is because they don't see the reason to. Uh, particularly if you've got a good job and a good income, why save? There's always more money there. And so I, I heard you say that, that that you need to be able to have a nest egg to be able to take a risk. So you want to invest in your your future self so that you can you can work uh, you can save now, conserve now so that you can have that later. Um, another thing I heard you say there is is uh, I'm afraid I don't know the exact words, but if I do this and fail, I, I think. Part of the problem there is, you know, we all take the greatest risks when we're younger. That's biology, that's genetics, that's uh, brain development. But it's also, it just makes sense in life. You have the less less to, to lose, so you take the greater risks. And as you get older and more settled, and uh, you have you see more of your life behind you than in front of you, uh, you start to to be a little risk averse. And, and I also think that part of that is true in whatever your side passion may be, like podcasting, woodworking, uh, boat building, uh, car racing, whatever that may be, um, there's an investment in that too. You have to spend time to get world class at something. And to, you know, if you're 45 years old, you've probably been in the workplace, you know, 15 to 20 years. And so you have become world class at what you do, whether you realize it or not. By doing it for 15 to 20 years, you've become world-class at it. But that side hustle, that project that you've been doing, you're not world-class at that yet. And so uh, you can't get, you can't demand world-class prices for something you're not world-class at. And that becomes a budgetary concern. Just like you budget your money um, into your savings account, you need to budget your time into a, you know, a savings account for your side hustle to become world-class at it. So that's my distillation of what you just said. Does that make sense? Is that about right? Right. And if you have a cushion, you can get by while you're building your world-class ability versus I have to hit it out of the park at the first swing, or I can take a couple of pitches and see if I can figure out what's going on. And, you know, and you're at are you at the stage of the game where you know if you strike out the first time you got enough left for another swing or are you are you so late and so far behind that your only hope is to swing with everything you have at something you've never done before and hope you hit it right so that's that's one of the that's the point i'm trying to emphasize that maybe a younger person can pick up on and go crap i don't want to be a middle-aged person with nothing in the bank kind of thing so i don't know that's kind of what i'm thinking there's probably um 90 plus percent of the world isn't doing the job that when they were a kid they wanted to, to do Right. right there's there's not a lot of firemen there's per, percentage wise there's not a hundred percent of the the young males in the world who want to be a fireman or a policeman or a rodeo or a, or an nfl so they're not right so that means that most of us are doing something we didn't intend to do most of us stumbled off balance and backwards into our careers and you know we found out that we were pretty good at something and we moved from one place to another and before long you're you're in a cube or you're at a toll booth, or you're uh, a manager at a restaurant, and you're you're doing fairly well. You're 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 uh, supporting your family, but you're doing a thing that you never set out to do. And I think part of that is because most of us, at least here in the U.S., we don't set out to do things like ever. We don't teach our children that. It's almost uh, considered wrong 
to to have a child set a goal at eight and work toward that. I I work with a lot of uh, people from India. Um, and you know, they are doctors, they are technicians, they are, uh, programmers. And, and it was because in many cases they were told by their parents, this is what you will be. You will be a doctor. You're going to medical school. You're going to be a doctor. That's going to happen. Um, and you know, they are, and they're succeeding in the, uh, to the American mindset that seems almost abusive to tell a child, Hey, you're not, you're not old enough yet to know what you should do. So I'm going to tell you what you should do. And if you follow my plan, you will be successful. But we somehow hope our children will find success on their own. And maybe while we're not even sure how to, to lead them to that. Well, we, we, also, we also are impatient. And that's our biggest flaw, flaw. Because if you really want to achieve happiness, it doesn't happen instantly it's not like you can flick a light switch and you're happy you know you if you want to find that passion that passion's a lifelong journey i guarantee you might think you know what it is at the age of eight or 18 or 30 and then after you've been doing it for 10 20 years you might go nah, i'm over it i want to do something else and then you go in search of your next passion and if we realize that life is a journey and it's you know 80 90 years worth of of journey then it's a long game. And the fact is that what we do is we make these like ridiculously short instant decisions that negatively affects the long game. And there's two words which has saved my bacon so many times. And I think it should be something that everybody embraces. It's called delayed gratification. If you see something you want, walk away from it and think for 24, 48, 72 hours let it season and then work out if maybe you still want it. I'd say 75% of the time you'll go, nah, I don't care about that anymore. And yet you are about to go into debt to buy it or lose the savings you had in your account to, to have it. And then when you get it, are you happier? Probably not. The reality is that life is a long journey and we've got to plan it out like a marathon, not a, not a sprint. And that means that you, you, you need checkpoints along the way. And you need to know that as soon as you can get off the obligation of having to work for somebody else and make somebody else rich, and you start looking at yourself and your own family and your own security seriously, and the earlier you do this, the better, the more likely you will be off that treadmill. And if you, if you can't get to the point, if, if you become so entrenched in having to make somebody else rich, and just be paid by the hour, day after day after day, it's harder to break free of that. It's really, really hard. But you need to, it's a conscious decision, and you need to make a decision of self-sacrifice, and that might be cutting back on as much as you can cut back in order to save. Max out your 401k at work, especially if your employer matches your contributions. That money will save your life when you're 60 years old. It really will. And it's a great tax deduction. Um, there's all these things that are there that you can take advantage of, even if you've burdened with the 40-hour work week. But all of them require you to embrace delayed gratification so that you can, you can invest and you can save now and you'll, you'll secure your future. But the fact is that most, most people, and unfortunately I see a lot of it in the tech space, people will spend their immediate money 
and think there is no future because we in the tech world live in the world of obsolescence. Like we build something and a year later it's obsolete, we chuck it out, or we buy something and a year later it's obsolete and we chuck it out and we get so habitual into this mode. That's not how life works. Life doesn't work like a computer. It works like a marathon of a 90-year spread and it gradually increases in a kind of a linear fashion based on your investment. Just keep investing. Keep and forget what CNBC tells you the stock market's up or it's down or it, you know it's going to crash or it's going to be a boom or whatever. Forget all that. That's all speculative media to sell pharmaceutical ads on TV. That's got nothing to do with reality. Reality is put some money away. Just keep doing it and take advantage of when somebody is going to match your contribution. All right. That this absolutely did not go where I thought it was going to go, but that's what I like <laughs> about these conversations. Um, but we're kind of at that time where we're circling, we're saying the same things over and over. So let's let me try to uh, wrap it up here and just say, give me thirty seconds worth of final thoughts. Go, Seth. Oh golly! I here's the thing: if you want to do something. You've got to sacrifice. You can sacrifice your time and your energy now or later. You can do without or you can go in debt. So I, I, uh, I'm uh, sorry. My 30 seconds are disjumbled <laughs> mess. All right. Miles, your turn. Well, I would just say don't sell out your tomorrow to try to make a better today. Because when tomorrow comes and you're not ready for it, you'll, you'll not enjoy the experience. All right, and and I think my uh, my last little bit is is doing what you want to do is hard. That's why most people don't do it. Mm. And and the you know we talked about investing, we talked about investing your time, we talked about investing your efforts. Do the hard thing so that you can do the fun thing. And uh, we we all want to just play all the time, and we don't want to do the fun the the hard stuff. We just want to do the fun stuff. Um, but you have to. To succeed at anything, you have to do the hard stuff. Uh, so when we talk about passion versus paycheck, you know what the word passion means? From Latin, passio, it means that it means suffering. The passion is the thing for which you would suffer. It's a it, we've misused the word for you know about a century in our country. But when you talk, hear the phrase "the passion of the Christ," right? That's not about the fact that he was just burning with desire to do what he did uh it, it was he was willing to suffer when we talk about passionate love it's love for which you would suffer when we talk about pursuing your passion it's the thing for which you will suffer most of us um find our passion um if if we find it all we find it later in life when the suffering is is the most painful and you end up dragging other people into your suffering but if it's a passion you're going to have to suffer do the hard thing so that you can do the fun thing. That's that's my synopsis. Oh, I would add one little tangent uh, takeaway. Uh, there's a guy on the internet. If you haven't discovered him, you should. Mister Money Mustache. Okay, this is that's his website. www.mrmoneymustache.com. Uh, read this guy's story and his blogs, and you'll get it. And once you get it. Your world will change. Miles is all about the fi these days. All about the fi. 
<laughs> and, and that's what we all want. We all want to be, that's what we consider retirement. When you don't have to work anymore, why don't you have to work anymore? Because you are financially independent and you don't have to go to that office anymore. You know, you're, most people, when they achieve retirement, they're not actually independent. They're just con- continuing to get paid for work they've done, right? The pensions, retirement plans, things like that. To be financially independent is to just truly be that, to be dependent on no one and no thing. Yeah, that's like, you know, like my dad, his side hustle was the National Guard. So he worked a job where he was on call, and then he also worked for the Guard. And between him and his and my mom, when they retired, their income is over $70,000. So, you know, their side hustle was not saving and investing, but um, pensions and, and Social Security and pensions are, you know, a bygone ways that most people won't see anymore. But their side hustle is he he can he can sit on his butt watching television and clicking around on Facebook and make seventy thousand dollars a year. So because he worked um, when other people were taking the weekends off and you know taking vacations all the time, my dad went to work sometimes hopped up on pain pills because his back was killing him. But then you know he provided for him and his wife and his kids um through his retirement years so he did the hard thing he yeah. suffered so now he doesn't have to uh seth i have one more question what happened this week in history all right mark well i wanted to let you and everybody else know that on september the 13th 1956 the ibm 305 R-A-M-A-C was introduced. The, and this the thing that is important about this is this is the first commercial computer that used a moving head hard disk drive. You know, you might see those in computing devices today. Um, the system was publicly announced on the 14th, but test units were already installed in the Navy and private corporations. Uh, RAMAC stood for Random Access Method of Accounting and Control, as its design was motivated by the need for real-time accounting in business. And Mark, that happened this week in history, and now back to you. And that hard drive in 1956 was roughly the size of a Datsun. Wait, people don't know what Datsuns are anymore. A Volkswagen. And it did what? Ten megs. So that was probably not. That's probably too much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. The 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 little hard drives that we have the three and a half inch, two and a half inch, one and a half inch spinning discs. Uh. This was where they all began. 1956. The 305 Ramac. Thank you, IBM. Uh, and now Seth what what do you have to uh, I can't say I can't use my intro I gotta come up with it. what you got Seth okay so if, if you Mark I know you get this a lot hey do you know something and you know and of course we've used the website let me google that for you but now there's a new website you can go and it is called no I don't know dot com so just go to n-o-i-d-o-n-t-k-n-o-w dot com and that's what it says on the page. And so when somebody asks you, hey, do you know what the per capita growth in spending in China is between 1980 and 2015? You can do like a bitly URL and do this one and send it to them. <laughs> they can click on it and go, no, I don't know. <laughs> one, one time use probably, this yeah. isn't funny, but this is like a mild chuckle. Sorry. Um, I, I don't know what it is about me, my countenance, my, my appearance. I don't know, but everywhere I go, People ask me questions expecting me to know the answers. I, I'm at Home Depot. 
I'm in the plumbing aisle looking for a replacement P-trap for my sink. And somebody comes up to me and says, do you know what I no, I, I'm just a guy looking for a plumbing thing, you know, <laughs> or wherever I am. I, I don't know why. I, maybe it's it's being tall and authoritative. I don't know what it is, but it happens every day. Of course, YouTube at work, is your friend. At work, I'm supposed to know these things. I'm expected <laughs> to know these things. You know, it's, sorry, ran, minim, random mini rant here. It's amazing how many people are afraid to say those words. I don't know. And yet, no... You know, uh, uh, Socrates said the beginning of wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. Um, until you say, I don't know, you can't ever know anything. And I work with so many really smart people. And because they're really smart people, they think they always have to have an answer. And, and they'll only ask a question if they already know the answer. Or, or, they, or they'll talk around something to sound competent. No, I don't know is one of my favorite phrases. I don't know. Let's find out. Usually it's, I don't know, followed by, let's find out. People don't do that. <laughs> anyway, mini rant over. So this is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. Let us know what's on your mind. What is your passion? What is the thing for which you would suffer? And what suffering are you doing to get there? Uh, go to elementop.com. Click the contact us button at the top of the page. Fill out the world's hardest captcha. Like item of clothing do you wear on your hands correct answers are gloves mittens rings they're all in there um uh, fill out the the form there and then uh, that will send an email that gets priority in my inbox you could also send an email directly without the hardest captcha by sending an email to geekrant at elementopi.com or you can call 559 imop and leave us a voicemail on our Google Voice box, and uh, we'll very likely play it right here on the show. So let us know what's on your mind. What do you think? Uh, where where are we off base? This was a um, a little more preachy show than I like to be, which means that we we stuck uh, we struck a nerve that people were thinking. Of. Seth Seth said he'd been having this conversation. Miles has been talking to his daughter about it. When you get to a certain age and a certain stage in life, this is the kind of thing that's on your mind all the time. We would all like for you to have this on your mind before you reach that certain stage in life. Um, so let us know what you think. I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in the millennial point of view on this one. Millennials, I don't understand you at all. I need your help. I need you to help me understand you. Um, so let me know what's on your mind. Why is that avocado to toast worth your retirement future? Let, let me know. Elementopi.com. Click the contact us button at the top of the page. Um, any final words about anything else before we say goodnight? If I were to be Frank, I would have to change my name. There we go. Um, so that that will do it for a fortnight. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, first weekend in October. First week in October, I think, will be our next show. Yes, October 3rd. So we'll see you in, in Pinktober or Boobtober, uh, as, uh, as I like to call it. And um, that's it for this episode. And remember, pay for what you like. Bye.